0: Welcome to the Week 9 edition of the Thursday Night Recap and News episode of the Fantasy Football Brothers Podcast. My name is Blake and I'm joined by my brother Carson. We're ready to get into it. Uh, Carson, what, what were your main takeaways from the Jets losing, yet again, to the Colts?
1: Yeah, so I saw the score of this game, I think probably the start of the fourth quarter. And um, it looked a lot worse than the final score. I th- yeah, I see right here that the Jets scored 14 points in the fourth quarter, so that made it a little bit closer at the end, but it was still obviously a comfortable win for the Colts. Um, Something well, that's disappointing. You know, Go ahead.
0: Sorry to, sorry to interrupt, but you know what it, they it, say about fantasy points, whether it's in a competitive game or a blowout,
1: they all count the same. Exactly, there were plenty of fantasy points to go around on both sides. It was a very high-scoring game, uh, to be honest. And I also saw that I don't know if you're aware of scoregummies, but I found I follow this Twitter account that uh, basically announces if a score is unique to any score in the history of the NFL. And so basically, what I'm trying to say is that this is the first 30 to 45 game ever. So I guess it's a oh, weird wow. score.
0: Yeah, I was, uh, I was familiar with the concept, but uh, I don't... I mean, you know, I guess it's,
1: it's novel, sure. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, but something that's disappointing is, you know, we didn't get to see Mike White have another full game because he suffered an injury. Do you have any, like, details on that? I just saw that... I mean, obviously, he got injured.
0: Yeah, it was a, a forearm injury, and I want to say that it was... Contact. I think he hit it like on a on an opposing player's helmet, probably. Um, but I mean, not necessarily any uh, updates on that right now. They do have an extra few days before their next game on Sunday, so uh, I think that it's possible that he's in a good position to be in good shape for that game, uh, or Zach Wilson, or. Yeah. We saw Josh Johnson even do it. So yeah, you did. My, well. my main, <laughs> my main takeaway from this is that uh, I think they might have, uh, and I don't want to you know write them off too soon. But both of your backups are outperforming your draft pick. That's kind of a bad look.
1: Yeah, especially for a team that has no weapons. It's probably just purely their talent, and that just shows that Zach Wilson does not have as much talent as these guys. But they both have more experience. Um, just because they're older. Not much NFL starting experience, but I don't know. That plays something into it. But you definitely would prefer your first-round pick rookie to, you know, start making a turn. You know, he's played seven games. The got injured in Week 7, right? So, and he doesn't seem to have been improving, and both these guys stepped in and did very well. So that, that is concerning for what they use uh, in the draft for their draft capital. Yeah, and Josh Johnson would have had a better game,
0: like uh QB passer rating if the last the last play of the game for the Jets was a tipped interception like off of a mm. off of a d lineman. so it was uh <clears throat> he would have had a you know, I think it was three touchdowns, right three touchdown game yeah. with no interceptions. Yeah, um I mean that would have made his day look even better but regardless he had a great day um filling in for Mike White 317 yards, three passing touchdowns on 27 for 41 i mean and the colts are not like they're not a bad defense despite putting or letting the jets score 30 points on them yeah. i mean it's just it was i think it's kind of telling of their of their uh, potential future quarterback situation
1: yeah it's definitely interesting and since they were pretty much playing from behind the entire time they had to throw a lot they had 52 pass attempts across josh johnson and mike white only 21 carries michael carter had a decent he had fine rushing day but he got most of his work through the air um actually no he only had one catch but it was 37 yards so that helped his fantasy value um but still not a huge performance for someone who did amazing in week eight um
0: well and it's not really indicative of how he's been getting his points recently because he has been more involved in the passing game but for some reason they couldn't figure it out with him
1: yeah they someone who won. did have it figured out in the passing game though was elijah moore let's talk about him yeah seven receptions for 84 yards and two touchdowns i think he's a rookie and his last week he is. last week week eight was his first receiving touchdown of the season i think and this he had two in this game so that's definitely interesting yeah what do you make of that with uh with Corey davis being inactive yeah i mean that probably has an effect i think that uh, elijah moore has put his foot in the door for you know always having a presence in this offense whatever that means for the Jets offense but um I guess since that statistic is true Zach Wilson has not thrown a passing touchdown to him which is interesting um Zach Wilson probably I've heard things saying that like they're relying more heavily on Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder because they're veterans and they're and that's easier for Zach Wilson to deal with than just throwing to another rookie. I don't know if maybe that, you know, obviously Elijah Moore is getting more experience and I don't know, they won't have to keep Zach Wilson on a crutch with the veterans. And I don't know, but it's hard to predict this Jets offense for sure.
0: Well, I don't, could you elaborate a little bit more on what you mean by that? Because I'm not... Like, what do you mean yeah. who's relying on veterans?
1: Oh, I've just heard that, like, Elijah Moore, I'm pretty sure they did a pretty high draft pick for him, but he wasn't getting involved with the offense as much as you'd think he would, just because the two veterans, Corey Davis and Crowder, were pretty much getting the most of Zach Wilson's targets, and I think Moore okay. was kind of almost cut out of the well, picture.
0: I think it's more... It I think it's more indicative of Zach Wilson's, like lack of competence at the position right now (laughs) yeah because well i mean honestly because we're seeing that players like elijah moore are starting to emerge whenever there's a different quarterback playing for the jets i mean i think that's a good indication that it might not be
1: moore's fault it might be wilson yeah no i agree no i agree on that this 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 allowed him even though i don't i don't know i don't know how to make sense of uh, a more getting so much more (laughs) work in this offense in Wilson's absence, but it'll be interesting to see what happens when they return. I mean, yeah, let's see. We do need to keep in mind Corey Davis was out. So yes, Uh, we'll, we'll see.
0: I mean, it, it reminds me of the, uh, Dolphins situation, which we'll get to in a bit, but, uh, yeah otherwise i mean obviously the jets still lost but i i feel so much better with one of these other quarterbacks playing and yeah. that says a lot considering that he spent the number two pick on zach wilson
1: yeah it's definitely probably disappointing for uh i mean jets fans to see them yet again not pick a good quarterback um i guess we can talk about the colts now more specifically
0: yeah briefly i mean let's talk about let's talk about the number the new number one running back in fantasy jonathan yeah. taylor
1: yeah and i read yesterday that that run that 78 yard run last night uh was even faster than derrick henry's run against the bills as the fastest uh ball carrier run this season well i mean he he certainly is looking the part of of the new number one uh fantasy running back like i said it, it's, it, yeah and it's crazy i mean he ended last season so strong his rookie season and then this season he started and you're like disappointed with where you drafted him and now he just you know has broken out again but it's just more of the same as how he left last season i guess he just needed to find his stride again
0: yeah it's it's been really it's been really impressive the stretch that he's been on this game 19 carries for 172 yards and two touchdowns as well as two receptions
1: mm, for yeah two
0: catches yep two catches for 28 yards
1: so 200 total yards it's ridiculous yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's Christian McCaffrey. That's what people are missing yep, right now. Exactly. And then Wentz had an efficient day that was probably good for fantasy. Um, I mean, he didn't have to yeah, throw a whole lot because of Taylor getting runs like that.
0: <laughs> uh, just, uh, just around 24 points. Uh, I think he was at
1: 30 in our league. Yeah. Yes, that is true. And then Michael Pittman um, didn't get a ton of targets, but very efficient. Five receptions, 64 yards, and a touchdown. I was happy with his performance as someone who started him. Um, and I'm just, you know, I, he's now, he was wide receiver 11 going into this game, and I think now he was, like, wide receiver 5, but obviously that's inflated because they had an extra game. But it's just ridiculous yeah, to see that it's... he's, like, nearing wide receiver 1 uh, numbers for
0: his ranking. I think I think it's safe that he's going to finish inside of the top 15. Um, yeah. You have to keep, in, you have to consider, re or okay sorry you have to keep in mind that their bye week is week 14 which is the last um bye week and they have played this extra game so obviously yes his numbers are inflated but the reality is that he continues to get targeted he continues to catch touchdowns i think that you know we talked about ty holton before he's kind of been unreliable uh coming back from injury and then he's already out again so Uh, I think that, yeah, Michael Pittman is that guy in this offense, and Carson Wentz is improving or at least being consistent at a fantasy perspective, so I think there's a lot of good things going on on this team.
1: Yeah, um, as far as, I mean, people that uh, I guess you could say are new to fantasy and see Naeem Hines have this day, I don't buy it. He just does this every once in a while. Oh, yeah, this
0: is, the, I mean, we, and we've talked about this in the past, I believe, but this is a uh, typical Naheem Hines breakout game, but then
1: yeah.
0: I believe I heard a statistic that he had in the, like, the previous five games, it was, like, less than 15 points total, so that's kind of, you know, what you can expect, is that he'll break out for a really big game. And it is important to note that Marlon Mack was a healthy scratch. Yeah, yeah so here are his uh, previous five games. 1.1, 1. 1, 1. 1.8, 3.2, <laughs> 2.2,
1: 6.4. So, yeah, you can't trust him. <laughs> yeah, That's the uh, takeaway. You can't trust him. The, yeah, this is not new for him. Even if you're, this is new to you seeing this stat line. Um, and as far as anything else, something that's interesting, uh, I, I don't is Danny Pinter a tight end? He doesn't even have like a no, he's profile. a linebacker. Oh. Okay, he's so how did man. he catch a touchdown?
0: <laughs> um, I'm assuming that he lined up as eligible because otherwise I don't think he could have caught yeah. the ball on the play, but it was kinda of like a uh, it was kinda of like a tight end delay where he was lined up as a blocker, obviously, and then no one was guarding him and he just kinda of broke off to the to the left side of the end zone and Wentz found him just completely isolated, caught a touchdown, and that was that was it.
1: Yeah. So other than Pittman, the players that caught touchdowns from Wentz were Pinter for two yards and Jack Doyle for one yard, and that was his only reception.
0: Yeah, that was a uh, that was very reminiscent of a, a Kansas City Chiefs goal line play because it was literally a shovel pass off of a handoff. Oh, that's interesting. It was like uh, a play action into a shovel pass to Doyle. So it was yeah, it was very. Uh, kansas city-esque
1: yeah well that's all i got with all this you got anything else to add before we move on to just general fantasy news
0: no i think we can uh i think we can move on from this and there are quite a few things that we can talk about i mean let's start with let's start with odell beckham jr and how he he's officially no longer a brown but he has not been picked up from any teams off of waivers as of this uh recording so I'll ask you, I think there's a lot of drama surrounding OBJ and the Browns organization
1: right now, because you know the story that, that went into this? I don't know. I, I remember hearing about it last season, but I don't know the specifics. I know that he like literally is not speaking with the coach. <laughs> okay, well, what, what recently happened was OBJ's dad
0: posted on social media uh, basically a clip showing Odell Beckham open and maker mayfield not passing to him and there's a lot of like you know a lot of talk around uh obj is a wide receiver one he's just not getting the looks he's not you know this team's holding him back kind of thing yeah so the idea i guess that it's in obj's head that he can do better elsewhere and so he's he's out and so i want
1: to ask you like where do where's your ideal situation of him landing do you think (laughs) Ideal situation. So I know it's a waiver system that basically works like the fantasy waivers, right? Just inverse of the standings. I think is how it works. I was trying to find the list. I know the Lions are the top of it, but ideal? I don't know, honestly. I mean, if he goes, (laughs) uh, I I read something. uh, I saw something interesting. Not that Tyrell Williams really has any value, but the Lions just waived him even though he was on IR, so it's like, I don't know, the making room for OBJ, I have no clue. And I also saw something about Von Miller trying to convince him to go to the Rams, that would be way bigger. Um, So I don't have, like, a particular team in mind. I think he will, I I, I would be inclined to trust that he'll have more value wherever he ends up, almost no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's probably
0: almost a guarantee, considering how low his ceiling was on the Browns. yeah. But I, I just meant more from, like, a, you know, hypothetical, like, what would be the most exciting place for you to see him go? I think that places like, uh, I mean, obviously Tampa Bay, but, like, Green Bay, yeah. the uh, the Chiefs, the Rams would be good. Um,
1: Cardinals. Think,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Add one more mouth to that offense. I mean, yeah. I, there, there's a lot of... I mean, he has the opportunity to go to a competitor, which is exciting, and... And with a better quarterback situation, I mean, I don't know. I think, yeah, whenever you are the manager of OBJ in fantasy, obviously you have to hold on and to see where he ends up. But I think that, you know, on on hype alone, his trade value has gone, like, through the roof in this recent news, I
1: believe. Yeah, I mean, I just looked this up because I was curious. He was born in Baton Rouge, went to LSU, only louisiana team is the saints and that honestly would be a good fit
0: yeah and i've heard the saints are a realistic uh option considering Uh, they you know recently lost michael thomas to the for the season
1: i've also heard like ravens (laughs) so i mean uh, you you hear every team because there's really nothing that's actually pointing towards a specific team at this moment but it will definitely be interesting to see where he ends up is it likely that he gets signed you know maybe not before this sunday but before next
0: I'm not really sure. I don't know how the uh, how the waivers system works in yeah. the NFL, uh, but the other thing is that, you know, Cleveland did him the, I guess, the favor of restructuring his contract in order to make him more available on waivers, or more accessible on waivers, we'll say, so... Yeah. I, th- I mean, it's it's an interesting story, regardless, because I, I think—I I believe he's still a talented player. I can't imagine oh, that sure. he's just completely fallen off, but he no. has been underwhelming on uh, Cleveland's offense.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's 29. Like, it's not—we're not talking about someone that should be past a prime. We're talking about someone who oh, should no, be in sure. the prime. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. I think it's also weird that the Browns didn't try to make a trade. Um, and I don't know the details behind that, but they got well, the nothing thing out of it. The
0: thing that happened on on November 2nd was the head coach was saying, we believe that Odell Beckham Jr. has a future on this team. And, I mean, what a turnaround that, like, yeah. a day later or two days later, he's completely burning his bridges and he's just on his out, and there's a report saying... He's like he's very likely played his final game as yeah. a Brown. It's just like it's so it's so bizarre and the timing is weird. I agree with that, but yeah, it's 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 an interesting story. Yeah, it, for sure, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah, so let's talk about uh, Devonte Parker, who recently had a setback with his hamstring and he's been placed on IR.
1: Yeah, that's really disappointing, considering wasn't last week his first week back from what he was dealing with? I guess the same injury. Yeah, I, b-
0: I believe so. He yeah, had, uh,
1: and he had a really back good game. And
0: he did have a really good game. I, I was saying that, you know, in, in our previous episode, I was saying that I, I like him more than Jalen Waddle. I think he's the more reliable pass catcher in that offense.
1: Yeah. So that's definitely disappointing. So he'll be out for at least three weeks, and uh, I don't know when the Dolphins buy is but i think um, they're
0: also week 14 i think that's true, true. yeah I'm let me sure. check that real quick
1: yeah you can check that i mean that's definitely a loss um for that offense
0: yeah it probably helps waddle by. and
1: gasicki's fantasy value because you saw what it did to them in this week eight game when he came back yeah, but that it hurts definitely. that offense overall agreed yeah agreed and not like they're really at
0: risk of having a tough matchup this week because it's the Texans. But, yeah, yeah I mean, for the next few weeks, as long as he's out, uh, you can continue to rely on Jalen Waddle and Mike Gesicki, I believe, in that offense. We've talked about that. And um, no news on Will Fuller yet. But, I mean, once he gets back in the offense, maybe we reconsider that. But at this point, yeah, it's those two
1: guys. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an will fuller i heard on monday that he would not practice this week and he has not so um i think they were hoping he'd practice this week so that's a little disappointing but i read something that he's a they're planning on him playing this season so that's wildly optimistic <laughs> oh
0: well i mean it's just a finger injury i mean maybe, i know
1: maybe he has to catch the ball but that's true just catch it with the other hand it also just seems like an injury that's i could be you'd think it'd be easier i'm just speculating obviously but you'd think it'd be easier. (laughs) not a doctor yeah not a doctor you would think it'd be easier to put a timeline on like it's not like re-aggravating a pulled muscle you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's not a finger yeah i
0: don't well i'm not sure i mean it's definitely not the same part of the body but i think we're speculating speculating a little bit too much we should probably move on (laughs) yeah agreed (laughs) all right so uh in other injury news Saquon Barkley ankle and Sterling Shepard quad have both been ruled out for this uh this week's game I mean
1: man if you drafted Saquon in the first round I feel for you that's tough yeah it's disappointing and I was hearing a lot of fantasy analysts like not wanting to draft him at that like number six position or you know mid first round because of all the injury concerns and it's unfortunate that that was correct and but you know If you avoided him lucky you and if you got him for what you thought was gonna be a a good value it obviously wasn't and that's just disappointing this entire giants team is just like the you know the injury report i think they could rebrand for this season Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) they are definitely they're definitely uh banged up yeah and that's that's tough is there any updates on like you said shepherd and saquon
0: yeah those are the two that have
1: officially been ruled out that are fantasy relevant so galladay is still a maybe and tony is still a maybe um i guess tony should be fine galladay's probably as far as
0: i yeah as far as i know i think that uh i believe that that is the case galladay is i think unlikely though okay interesting yeah um okay let's talk about your denver broncos noah fant inactive due to COVID 19 how do you think that affects their offense and do you have any faith i'm gonna give this name a shot
1: just for fun oh god uh albert oh I, o- I don't have much faith in albert um i mean i'm sure he'll get a few targets you know do something with them but fant gets relatively heavily targeted in this offense. I-, I honestly think that this will probably good f- be good for Judy and Sutton. I-, I would think they're facing the Cowboys and they're probably gonna pass more. But yeah. Well yeah, because I- I don't know presumably
0: it... they're gonna be behind. I think yes. they're gonna be behind to the Cowboys pretty realistically.
1: Agreed. I just you know I don't think it hurts the other pass catchers too much. Um They'll get more well, targets. Well, no, should help. Yeah, it should help. Yeah, but it also balances out that you know now the Cowboys have less weapons to worry with worry about. So uh, with wide receivers, it's a lot more complex when one person goes down than with a running back, for example. Hmm. Uh. Well, here's here's my thought on it. I mean, so
0: Albert was getting, you know, two to three targets a game when Fant was healthy. I think that there's an opportunity, and he's got a touchdown on the season, so I think there's an opportunity for him to kind of have a you know, semi-respectable uh, outing, at, especially at the tight end position, but I think that I'm kind of leaning towards him in, in DFS. And yeah, we'll I, I was going to say, he de- could definitely be a sneaky DFS play. Oh, I mean, he's just crazy cheap. He's $2,600, and I know that people aren't <laughs> here to, to listen about that, but that just was on my mind, so I figured I'd mention it. Yeah, we'll talk more um, about him, probably. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's transition to another tight end. Uh, 49ers are looking to activate George Kittle off of IR, making him eligible to play on Sunday. So I think I asked you this yeah. in the last episode, but what's your confidence level in firing him up in your lineup if you have him in a tight end league?
1: Yeah, I mean, we did talk about this on the Thursday episode, but if you got lucky, because obviously, you, you know, you paid high to get him as your tight end in a tight end league and if you got lucky you know getting a replacement off the waivers that you're confident with i wouldn't be opposed to you you know benching kittle for this week but like we said he's got to turn of the season he's got too much talent um he he just it'd be ridiculous if he doesn't improve from uh the start of his season but i would not be opposed to you uh resting him in this game you know Divisional matchup about the Cardinals, but it's not even really about that. It's just like I want to see him produce at Kittle levels or close to Kittle levels uh, before you trust him. But if you have a tight end that you're not confident in, you'll probably be fine playing him. I, I just I just find it hard to believe that he wouldn't have a somewhat safe floor for a tight end.
0: Yeah, I I feel you on that. Um, on that same team, along those same lines, Debo Samuel did participate today in practice but he's worse for the wear this week than he was last week at this time. So he's questionable going into Sunday's matchup, but, I mean, that's got to make you a little bit nervous. I mean, maybe that opens the door for Kittle to have a big game because <laughs> usually when Kittle's good, he's targeted a lot, yeah. and he's a great run-after-the-catch guy.
1: Or well, who knows? Watch this. The, the game kill comes back as the game IUK explodes. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of uh, question marks on that offense for sure at this moment. Definitely weird. Oh, I guess, I mean, we've already been talking about this for a bit. Uh, Kyler Murray is like game-time decision. Um, so if you have Kyler Murray, I'd be looking for replacements. I personally went for Taysom Hill, but he is not going to be the starter, even though he'll be playing this week. Um, so, you know... I had to go pivot for another option, but yeah, I think so probably your best
0: option. And I know it's kind of hindsight now, but I think there is a lot of uh, hype around Carson Wentz and obviously he had a good game. So yeah. hopefully if you're worried about uh, Kyler Murray, maybe you played Carson Wentz. Otherwise yeah. there are other options out there. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't
1: trust Trevor Simeon with that, no job, but I I just Taysom Hill. If you if you are new to fantasy, uh, he's just such a unique player that he has such a good floor when he's starting at quarterback, just because of what they drop for him for plays with his rushing abilities and all that. And they're facing Atlanta, so it would have been a good matchup. But
0: yeah, if you were uh, if you've listened to a few of our shows before, we I've referenced uh, Taysom Hill being Sean Payton's son because. <laughs> no matter what he finds a way to get him involved in the offense yeah and that's kind of the motivation behind that nickname
1: it's really funny i i i personally picked up jordan love i think that's his first name jordan yeah um, Jordan Love replacing aaron Rodgers because he tests positive for covid and he'll be out against the chiefs because it's not a horrible matchup against the chiefs and also because that game is the exact same time as the cardinals game that's also why i had that in mind
0: yeah, that's smart, but Aaron Rodgers is unvaccinated, which means that he's his uh, first available return will be the following Saturday, so one game prior to their next game, he'll be going on no practice, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys that doesn't really need to practice in order to play at a high level, so I think yeah. that, I mean, and I guess it does depend a little bit on how Jordan Love does, but... Uh, do you know off the top of your head who they play next week? Uh, I don't. I just know this week's Chiefs. I don't know next week for sure. Okay, let me find that out real quick. But, I mean, the idea being that if uh, if he is eligible to play, I do expect Rodgers to be available for that next game.
1: Yeah, agreed. I definitely wasn't looking for Jordan Love for as a long-term option, but uh, as a plug-in yes. for Kyler or just, you know, quarterbacks that – will most likely only be injured this week or or be out this week or for a short period of time he's probably a decent option and he should be available in almost every league Um, yeah so their next matchup is the
0: seahawks and hopefully russell wilson will be back he's posted on social media that uh, he's he's ready to get back out there basically it was something along the lines of uh, something along the lines of the pin referencing the pin that was placed
1: in his finger It was something like, the pin is no longer in, it's time to win. Something like that. (laughs) Nice. That's nice. And that that helps that offense a lot. Um, But as far as a matchup, if Jordan Love was to play again, that's probably another decent matchup for a quarterback.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, We saw, I mean, not that it was a high-scoring game, but we saw uh, Winston do somewhat okay in that matchup
1: uh, previously. I just know that they're definitely struggling against the pass this season no longer the league boom right um
0: and then we re-referenced it a little bit but the falcons have placed calvin ridley on the reserve list which guarantees no matter his mental health situation that he will be missing the next three games yeah um i think the expectation was that he would be gone for an extended period of time i'm sure that the falcons made this decision Uh, just to you know I guess they open up availability for other players to be moved around but uh, that is the reality of the situation that no matter what happens with him personally he is guaranteed to miss at least the next three
1: yeah I mean part of me at first I thought that was a little I felt a little bit bad for uh that move for Ridley I feel bad for Ridley overall but I probably take some pressure off of him about feeling like he needs to come back in a shorter period of time um But obviously, tactically, it helps the team for them to do that so they can free up more space, and it also gives him three weeks. But I I don't know. It's so hard to tell because I don't even think he could tell you uh, when he'd be coming back to the football field. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: it's an interesting situation to monitor, but uh, we hope that he gets well soon.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, I think we can maybe... Do this is our last one but the there i guess there's two stories regarding or really three but uh it's about christian mccaffrey david montgomery and clyde edwards e lair they are all close to a return but i think the most realistic one of playing this week is mccaffrey and then ceh and david montgomery are uh, just getting reintroduced to the practice uh situation
1: yeah and i also I agree that McCaffrey's the most likely out of those three, and I've also read that McCaffrey will be on a, quote, limited snap count if active, but that, in my opinion, from when they've said that to, uh, you know, to big, fancy players, or just McCaffrey in particular in the past, that almost means nothing. <laughs> I just don't feel like they ever, I mean, obviously, they they work in the backup a little bit more, but he's still getting a workload that is startable. Like, I don't think you read that and think you can't start him. Do you agree with that? With who? With McCaffrey. That if he comes back... On a limited snap count.
0: Oh, you. St- I think you still start him. I mean, yeah. I'm reading right here that Matt Rule said it would be less than 40 or 50 snaps. So, I, that, that, I think that's probably still... I mean, what, what Christian McCaffrey can do with, you know, 39-ish snaps... Is uh, a lot better than what a lot of uh, backup running backs can do. So, uh, in terms of who you would fill in for him, so yeah. I think that yeah, if if Christian McCaffrey plays, I think you start him, and and you just have that ex- that lowered expectation considering the the reduced workload. Agreed,
1: agreed. So does that wrap it up for fancy news?
0: Yeah, I'll do a quick refresh, and then uh, I think that's pretty much it yeah that's all i got right now so we can go ahead and wrap it up here um thank you all for listening this was kind of a short episode but i mean when there's not a lot of news to cover and the thursday night game is a blowout it's uh it's pretty much all we have to talk about so we'll be transitioning to dfs we'll have that out the same day as this so i hope you guys enjoyed uh for carson and i thanks for listening bye bye